Welcome to the Practical Mystic Show, where we bring you simple tips and techniques from around the globe to help practical people deal with extraordinary experiences. And now, your favorite scientist, shaman, and sacred clown, and also the show's host, Janine Bolin. Well, thank you for joining us today as we discuss a wonderful illustrator by the name of Jimmy Trapp. I was so fortunate that at the local Fort Collins Comic Con, I was lucky enough to meet this fabulous illustrator, fell in love with his work, ended up buying several copies of it, and I was so ecstatic about what he was doing and how he was sharing his love for art and books that I said, hey, do you mind coming on the show? And he did. You're a business owner, and you'd like to think you're a pretty successful one. Now take a moment to think about where you want your business to be one year from now, or three years. Now think about what you're doing at this moment in time to make that vision happen. Not sure? Then let Lightspeed Commercial Arts help. As a graphic design and visual communications company offering design and illustration services for over 25 years, Lightspeed can help you build powerful brand visual brand identity to get your business noticed and remembered. They'll create illustrations to help you market your product in a unique, creative, and compelling manner. Whether it's an established brand or you're launching a new one, Lightspeed can brand your business with a great design that gets you results. Start the process today. Your future self will thank you. To see what Lightspeed Commercial Arts can do for your business, visit lightspeedca.net. Jimmy, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, one of the things that anyone will notice if they get onto your website and start looking around on Tumblr at all, they'll see that you have a huge body of work. Do you want to kind of give us a verbal bio of what you've been doing over the last, you know, several decades? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of kids growing up, you know, a lot of what they do is they will mimic other artists. And so I did that same kind of thing. And But what I tended to do is uh, I would take things like, you know, maybe there's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle that I liked a lot, or maybe, you know, I wanted to draw Batman or, or a Disney character. As far back as I can remember, I would always take my favorite characters, but I would always try to put my own spin on it. Because one thing my parents emphasized when I was really young was, you know, hey, do your own thing, but make it your own. Even if you're copying other artists, try to make it your own. So I'd always try to do that. And so much of what I do is based around taking characters that have already been created and and trying to make it my own. And over years and years of just constantly drawing as a young person, I, I developed my own style. And uh, it's just, it's a combination of other people's style. You can see a lot of Scotty Young in my, in my style. You can see a lot of Tex Avery in what I do. Um, for those of you who recognize these names, but a lot of the things like how I got started was uh, just copying other people's style to eventually come into my own thing. What I've tended to do is kind of do things more in the cartoonish kind of style, but I always like to put a cartoonish style on there with some semblance of realism in there. So, you know, to answer your question, that's kind of how it started for me. And uh, when I started getting into a more career focused kind of thing, you know, I, I went to, you know, where, where is my wheelhouse? And since I work in schools, you know, as a paraprofessional, you know, a lot of stuff I do is really centered around uh, what kids like and what are family friendly. And 
that's really what it, what I care the most about. So a lot of my art is centered around kids uh, and trying to create stuff that is attractive to them, but putting something something in in there that that is maybe a little bit more unique that that can tr- draw in parents as well. So. Well, you totally did that for me. I mean, when I was looking over some of your work was you had the tick and mask and you had them in these really goofy poses and stuff, but they were fun. And that was the thing I remembered a lot about the cartoons was they didn't work hard at being morality plays. They just wanted you to have fun and lighten up life, you know, because we were the atomic bomb generation, you know, at any moment oh, yeah. the Russians can blow you up. So I remember oh, yeah. my generation responded with, hey, you know, we're going to have fun. While we're here, we're going to enjoy ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's what caught my eye. But then as I was looking through some more and more of your characters, I was just very impressed with the style that you brought to that. And that realism definitely uh, comes through. But when yeah. we were at the Comic-Con here recently, you had started mm-hmm. this new series called Scare Care. Do you mind sharing a little bit about yeah. that? Scare Care comes with a, a big history for me. So, I've always wanted to do comics, uh, but I, I, you know, I never, when it comes to like comic strip style stuff, you know, the, the ones that I liked the most weren't the ones that were silly and slapstickish. You know, I, uh, even as a little kid, I, I liked the comic strips that had a little more substance to them. They had, there was something substantial to them. It's one of the reasons why I grew up loving Batman, the animated series. It was hilarious. It was funny and it was action-packed, you know, like that. But there were some undertones to that show that was very substantial. And especially for the time it came out, was kind of pushing what animated uh, shows could be and, and whatnot. And so I always enjoyed the, the cartoons that treated me as a young person like I was smarter than what the rest of the world thought I was. So for Scare Care... I wanted it to reflect a lot of that as well. And right now, it's starting off very kind of silly and and punny. Um, There's a lot of dad jokes in it. And they're just one-panel strips. But what scare care is, imagine an Earth, you know, like maybe a couple years in the future or or whatever. Put it in the present or imagine that it's a, a different continuity altogether where monsters have been deemed by the government as legal citizens who have the same rights and privileges of just a regular person. So they can go out and they can get jobs if they want, or they can go into a restaurant without worrying about being, you know, kicked out because everyone's scared of them. Or, you know, think of all the rights you have. Monsters are allowed to have it. However, because, you know, we know that even though governments, they'll say like, yeah, this is legal now. It takes some time for the rest of the world to get on board with this. Um, you know, you can take whatever example you want to, like the civil rights movement or anytime anyone's been given like rights, you know, you know, quote unquote, they've been given rights, you know, the world needs to catch up. And so the same kind of thing is going with scare care, you know, the monsters of all shapes, sizes and types are given the same rights and privileges as regular people. But the rest of the world is, they're not too happy about this because monsters are quote unquote scary. Well, a group of elementary school kids that I've created in, in the strip have decided that they're going to help monsters integrate into regular society because it's their right. They deserve this. And so 
they have formed a temp service called ScareCare, and it is for that very purpose, to help integrate monsters into regular society. And I have some long-term goals with, with this. You know, like I said before, it's, it's very slapstickish and funny, but what I'm doing right now is kind of taking the first year, and uh, it started, and it's been going on for maybe two and a half months. I can't quite remember, but I'm kind of gauging how it's being received, and I'm promoting it, and I'm just trying to watch what people are saying about it. And uh, overall, the, the reception is, has been quite positive. So <laughs> after a year, I'm going to start moving into a more substantial kind of approach to it because there's, there's going to be uh, some moral implications with this, you know, and questions about like the cliche question, you know, who are the real monsters? Is, is it these actual monsters or is it the people who treat them unfairly? And I've got some story arcs that are not completely developed yet, but they're there on, on my laptop ready to, to get finished. I'm just got to kind of work it all out. And I've got a few writers who I'm working with who are potentially going to be putting together some kids books, focusing on these, uh, some of the characters in the story. And I've got a whole bunch of ideas. I've got these buttons that I'm selling uh, whenever I promote the comic in public where it's, it says like, fairness officer with the scare care logo on the, on there. And whenever kids come up and they're interested and they say, and I to ask them, it's like, Hey, would you like a button? They'll say, yeah. And I'll tell them like, okay, but here are the conditions having a button. And I talk to them about, about like, if they see friends of theirs that are maybe treating others poorly, you know, what can they do to help promote fairness and, and being nice to people? So in the long run, which I hope is not too long, but I want to use this comic and the characters and the stories to help promote anti-bullying, you know, amongst young people, because everyone thinks the monsters are scary. So therefore, they treat them poorly. And so these kids, you know, what I'm trying to use the comic for is to help focus on where's the real problem. And of course, it starts with the people who are being, you know, mean to other people. So that's kind of like it in a very big nutshell. So. No, I think you, I think you stated it beautifully. And one of the challenges that I had was I just want to sit there and have a, a video presentation going as you're talking of all your images. And I just fell in love with the characters and the monsters yeah. that you have. And they're delightful. I, I really enjoyed the lines and the depth. You could see so much character in these images. But also your writing is quite good. So I've got to share this one. The one that tickled me the most was with the little boy sitting there looking at a piece of parchment and beside him is this huge vampire and the vampire just sitting there very docile and the boy is saying well according to this document since you're not quite dead you don't qualify for life insurance but since you're not yep. technically living you can't get a health plan either wow being a vampire sucks <laughs> yeah, and that and you know that was and that and that i should i should actually be fair that strip i stole part of the joke from a friend of mine who he actually was it was a year ago and he um definitely was telling these really bad jokes and he he was talking about like well yeah vampires you know like they're not dead but they're not alive so they have what can they get and that kind of drove me to be like oh i need that's a good joke to run with and and <laughs> it's it's kind that. of well yeah but it's kind of it's it's funny because like you know this is a the kid you know he's probably second or third grader you know i haven't really defined their age 
kind of their age bracket, but here's a little kid who's thinking about things analytically, thinking about things in a, in a very intelligent way, even though he's not quite sure he understands what, what all this, what all this means or what it could. And so like, even though there's a pun and it's a, it's kind of a silly joke, there is like some undertones that with this, that, that show that, Hey, kids can think about these things in ways that maybe adults don't give them credit for. So, right. Right, and it brought me back to one of my beloved cartoons, which is Calvin and Hobbes, because Calvin oh, yeah. would puzzle over those things, and I loved how you picked it up, modernized it. You have a different kind of thing there, and I've always enjoyed those type of character scenarios of kids, just because they may not be able to articulate things well or don't have the vocabulary we do, doesn't mean that they aren't deep thinkers. You know, if anything, they've got a lot of oh, time yeah. in the car seat. <laughs> Oh, yeah, right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a lot of time to think back there and, and while they're looking at your head, and they can kind of muse over things. And you really have captured a lot of undertones that are going on uh, with your comments. So I just really well, appreciated you. that aspect of it. So, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan, and the children's books aren't even out yet, you know. <laughs> right. So I'm looking, well, I'm and, looking and I'm not even sure. So there's so many avenues I'm planning on taking the comic. Um, you know, right now it's it's all available online uh, for free. And, you know, like I said before, I was taking a year to kind of gauge how people are, are receiving it, how, how they're receptive to it, and then try to decide, should I move more into kids' books or should I do, like, comic book-style stuff? You know, I'm not I'm not entirely sure quite yet. I'm ready to hit the ground running when I figure it out. My plan is somewhere in the middle of next year to, to have that figured out and then start going towards that. Um, the comic strip's always going to go, but finding ways of, you know, putting some kind of publication together is the next kind of big turning point, I guess, for the sure. strip is where I'm sure. Yeah. Well, say people, you know, want to get to know you a little bit better. Where do you recommend that they go for your scare care comic? Well, they can go on Tumblr, Instagram, uh, or Facebook. I'm using the Tumblr as its like main website, but by no means does that mean if you if you follow Instagram or Facebook more that you're not going to get the same amount of content. It's just kind of like I follow a a comic called JL8, which is about all of the DC superheroes, but if they were you know eight years old. So and he uses Tumblr, and it's it's like one of the more popular like web based comics out there and uh it's it's all on tumblr so i was figured that would be a good place to do mine as well so you can go on tumblr and it's scarecarecomic.tumblr.com on facebook and instagram it's scarecarecomic as well so okay and also i was curious if somebody wants to get a hold of you how can they touch base with you well they can contact me at uh, jimmyqtrap at gmail.com and it's you know, J-I-M-M-Y-Q-T-R-A-P-P at gmail.com. Or they can they can go to my website, um, illustratorjimmy.com, and there's a contact uh, tab on the website um, as well. I've got my Instagram feed is on the website as well, so it'll take you to my Instagram as well. 
fabulous because like most illustrators you guys like scatter your stuff everywhere because you have so oh, many yeah. different groups that are very interested in what you what you have to offer also you do commission yep. work and there you, like, do, yeah. you just do so much you do so many different things and that's why i got <laughs> very excited when i saw you at comic-con well i want to say thank you so so much for your time today and we'll be in touch and oh. when you when you decide on a direction that you're going please let us know so that we can let our our people know as well okay it's wonderful I will, having you on the I show will. today <laughs> okay. well thank you so much i appreciate the time no problem and thank you very much for joining us here on the practical mystic show with jimmy trapp this has been the practical mystic show with janine bolin for show notes resources and more visit the eightgates.com thanks for listening